Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. If you're not aware, I also have an online continuing education platform. Now, I'm going to be launching some leadership and team development uh, educational content probably in starting the middle of this year, if not slightly before that. And this is the year of 2024, in case you're listening to this in the future. I'm really excited about this episode because I haven't done an episode of shit you shouldn't have to put up with in a while, but I feel very strongly about this because this is definitely shit you shouldn't have to put up with, people roadblocking your success. And I really want to dive into this because I don't think we talk a lot about this enough in normal society, let alone in veterinary medicine, but this occurs all too often. You are striving to do something, you're trying to do something different, you're looking to shake things up, or maybe you're focused on your career, you wanna move into a leadership role, whatever it is, someone roadblocks your success. And first and foremost, I just wanna say, I feel like everybody probably listening to this has had someone roadblock their success. It doesn't feel good. And I will also go out and say that some of you listening are the roadblockers. So let's talk about really What does it mean to roadblock someone's success? Because there's obvious roadblocks to your success. And then there are unfortunately people who may not even be aware that they are roadblocking your success. So let's talk about some goals that you may have in your own life or your own career. Perhaps you're interested in moving into a leadership role. You are a vet tech or a vet nurse and you're looking for that first supervisor role. Perhaps you're looking to write an article for a journal or a magazine. Perhaps if you're a veterinarian, you are looking to do a brand new procedure or you're looking to bring a procedure into your hospital. Perhaps, you know, if you're in a practice manager role, you're looking to take on a regional level or you're hoping to implement something new in your hospital that you think will benefit them. Whatever it is, you're looking to do something brand new and you're hoping it's going to be successful. It's your idea, it's your thought, and it might seem small, but to you it's a big deal. There's plenty of small little successes we do every single day. I mean, as children, we did a lot of successes, right? Hopefully you learned how to ride a bike. And if you haven't learned how to ride a bike and you're an adult, it's okay. You can learn to ride a bike at any time. But just even putting your foot on the pedal for the very first time, that's success, right? When you learn to drive a car, first time you ever went ahead, turned on the car, pushed the button to turn on the car, turned the key to turn on the car, whatever age you are, Um, the car started and you were like, oh my gosh, you put the steering wheel in between both of your hands and then you started to push down on the gas. That's success, right? And so it could be small things like that that all amount to a big thing or it could be something really big. Maybe you are about to graduate. Maybe you are about to take your VTNE or your doctor licensing exam, whatever it is you are about to embark on something huge, or again, maybe something small. You're just wanting to learn a new skill. So let's talk about some of the barriers, some of the roadblocks that we face. So first and foremost, I'm gonna make the big call out. It might be ourselves. A lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome, and it's interesting because imposter syndrome is a term that came about in the 1950s. This was the period during workforce labor that women really started entering the workforce. Prior to that, it was majority male. And yes, it is still majority male, but there weren't a lot of women in the 1950s working. So we start seeing women who are coming into the workforce who are working full time. 
And they are suffering from imposter syndrome. Here are these men. They're in these uh, leadership roles. I'm never going to be as good. You know, yes, I have a college education, but I'm a minority. And so psychologists actually created the term imposter syndrome, and they said it was a woman-only syndrome. Well, now we fast forward to the 1970s, and they've done a ton of studies at this point, and they've discovered that it's not exclusive to gender, race, religion, social or economic status. It doesn't matter if you have all the money in the world, if you have a PhD in chemistry and you're rolling in the dough, the reality is, is you can still suffer from imposter syndrome. And so when we look at our own success and the things that we're striving to do, there's a large percentage of us who are roadblocking ourselves. So please don't roadblock yourself. You're just setting up the cones in front of you and going, I can't, there's no way, it's too high, I'll never make it. And I want you to have a more of an I can attitude. And don't get me wrong, if you don't think I suffer from imposter syndrome, then you don't know me very well. I suffer from imposter syndrome all the time. Even when I decided, okay, I'm gonna go into business full time uh, a year ago, I thought there's no way, I'm gonna fail, I am not gonna be able to pay my bills, what am I doing, how am I gonna get health insurance? I don't, no one's actually going to contribute to my retirement account. This is a terrible idea. But then there was this little tiny thing in my head that kept saying, you can do it. It is gonna work out for you, believe in yourself. But there was a very loud voice who was going, no, 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 you're absolutely going to fail. I'm getting it done, that's what I tell people. I'm not hugely successful, but I'm getting it done. Um, so the reality is, is that we all struggle with this. I don't know many people who I say, have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? We go, oh, no, I've never suffered from that. I absolutely am a completely confident individual. I know I'm going to be successful all the time. There isn't anything that you can throw at me that I'm gonna have imposter syndrome about. Nope. We all do on planet earth. And so when we are thinking about doing something different, especially if you're in a career path or a career place that you're not enjoying, it's scary to make changes. And a lot of you are right now in hospitals that are completely toxic. It's not healthy for you. You hate your jobs. You're wondering whether or not you're in the right career at all. And I can assure you, you are in the right career. You're just not in the right place. Why do I know this? Because the reasons why you went into vet med are still there, the animals and the medicine. Those haven't changed. They're still awesome and they're still amazing. You just don't work in an environment that allows you to love those things. So leaving that place can be really scary. And inside your head right now, you are saying things like, the grass isn't always greener. I bet you it's terrible at every hospital. You know, at least I know how bad it is here. Can you please just stop telling yourself those lies? And maybe some of that is true. Some of you may leave your current workplace and find out oh, it really is terrible other places. But here's a little secret from me to you. If you are unhappy in your job and you leave on good terms, so you don't go out in a blaze of glory where you scream at everyone and go, this place is a bunch of shit and I think you all suck and I'm gonna write a bunch of Google reviews. Don't do that, don't do that. Instead, make sure you leave on a high note. And the reason being is because if you do find out the grass isn't always greener, you can just go back. That hospital will still be short-staffed. Every hospital is short-staffed. You can literally just come back to your old job as long as you leave as a good employee. So anyway, that's, I know, a little bit of a sidetrack there, but um, I know that a lot of you are struggling with getting in your way of your own success because of imposter syndrome. I remember talking to a technician. She had come to work for me part-time. Um, she was working at a general practice in a small town, 
and she started working at a specialty hospital. She was working in the emergency department and she said to me, Amy, I'm thinking about, you know, going into internal medicine and I want to get my VTS in internal medicine because I really love that. And I said, that's amazing. The problem was the hospital that she was at with me part-time did not have an opening for an internal medicine technician. So I said to her, you know, you have to work in internal medicine for at least three and a half to four years of your career. And she was older in her career. This wasn't actually her first, you know, job or second job. It might've been like her third or fourth job. So she had been in the profession, I believe for over a decade. And she said, I don't know where I'm going to find that opportunity where I live. And I said, I totally get it. But I think if you're really interested in getting a VTS in internal medicine, you're going to need to make some hard decisions. And she said, well, I really love my general practice. I like working here. And I said to her, are you getting in the way of your own success because of the fears of failure? She paused and she said to me, I got to think about this one. And eventually she messaged me and said, I'm actually going to be taking a full-time job. I'm moving. I'm moving my family. We are moving. Same state, but we're going to move an hour to this practice that's a little bit closer. Um, and her husband agreed to do it. And she ended up getting her VTS in internal medicine. And now she's a fancy bigwig at a big company. Um, so kudos to her. But I look at that moment in life and I thought I could have easily just kept this employee. I could have said, well, you can come on board full time here and you can be a VTS in emergency critical care. Doesn't that sound of interest to you? But the problem is if I had done that, I would have been a roadblock to her success. She needed some push. She needed to say, hey, you're actually a barrier to your own success and all the roadblocks that you are perceiving, one, they haven't happened and two, they probably aren't that big of a deal when you really think about it. Yes, it is a big deal to move. Yes, it is a big deal to change jobs. But in the end, what do you really want? And so for a lot of us, we are our own worst enemy. We are the roadblock to our own success. We just decide it's too much work. We're never going to get there. And we have such a defeatist attitude inside our head. So listen, you have two people that live inside your brain. I'm sure of this. This is very much scientific fact. You can Google it afterwards. The first person is your best friend. Absolutely. You have a best friend that lives inside your head and they tell you the truth. They tell you what you truly know is the right answer. But then you have a second person inside your head. And I call that person the guilty liar. They make you feel terrible and they lie to you. And they say nasty, horrible things like, oh, you can't write that article. No one's going to pick it up for publication. You can't be a speaker. There's too many other good speakers out there. You'll never be as good as them. Um, or you can't be in a leadership role because you really don't know how to lead people. Or one that I hear an awful lot, particularly from client service reps and vet assistants, I can't go back to school, it's too hard. It's too much money, I'm never going to be able to do it. I have test anxiety, I'm gonna fail, so what's the point of even going back to school? I will just continue doing what I'm doing. And listen, I'm here to tell you first and foremost, I went back to school in my 40s to get a bachelor's of science as well as a master's in management and leadership. Was it fun? No, I cannot say it was fun. There were certain aspects where I was like, this is really interesting 
and I'm glad that I took this course. And then there are other courses like spreadsheets. I'm not gonna lie, I had an entire course on spreadsheets and I was, I was, I would say near tears except for that I was actually crying, I was so frustrated. Um, but I do now know how to put in math equations in an Excel spreadsheet and I'm very proud of that. And that is what I paid money for in a college education as an adult. Um, anyway, <laughs> to my defense, we didn't have really any computers when I was in college. So anyway, I digress. The thing is, whatever you want to do, it's probably gonna be hard work, but don't roadblock your own success. I want you to listen to your best friend, that guilty liar that lives inside your head. They say horrible things to yourself. And I want you to tell that voice to shut up. Just tell it to shut up. And instead, I want you to focus on your successes. And if you have to, write down your successes. Write down what you're good at. Or literally go ask your best friend who's going to tell you your truth, which is you can do it. If it's something you really want, you should go for it. You all know this to be true because anytime you've ever asked your best friend or if your best friend has asked you, you say the exact same thing back. So talk to your best friend inside your head and kind of squish down that other voice. We both have those voices inside of, of our heads and sometimes that guilty liar is really loud. So when we're talking about roadblocks to success, First and foremost, are you roadblocking yourself? And then there's a second component to that, the other people. Yeah, those other people, yeah, we're gonna get into them because they can be very difficult. And sometimes I think they know that they're roadblocking your success and other times, honestly, I don't think they know that they are. Okay, so we have several groups of people that may roadblock us. One of the big obvious one is our own employer. We go up for a new job, we go up for a promotion, and we are denied roadblock, right? We thought we were gonna get it, we are shocked to find out that they gave it to their best friend and actually even paid them more money for the job we were doing. Yeah, might have happened to me. I'm not bitter at all. But <laughs> the reality is, is we have to then decide which path do we wanna take? We can stay and wallow in our bitterness and our anger and you know be mad about it, or, we can go ahead and decide how we are going to get what we originally wanted. And we can do that by changing jobs or trying to find another job in the company or continuing to try to improve our skills and knowledge so that we're awarded the path the next time it comes available. So ultimately, that is one big roadblock in life. You are told no on a career path that you definitely want to get on. How do you get there? You just have to fight for a little bit harder. The first time someone says no to you or anytime anyone says no to you, that just means I've got to try something different. It's not a no. It just means no for this particular group or this particular person. So now you just have to pivot. You have to figure out how hard or how badly do you want it and do you need to change jobs for this or do you just need to maybe refine some skills and you'll be awarded whatever career path that you would like to be awarded? So it is really up to you to decide how hard you wanna fight after you're told no. Being told no in a career hurts. And uh, the longer you're in this profession, the more times you're gonna be told no. That's a good way of looking at it. And every single time that you're able to overcome one of those no no's, you build up a little resiliency badge that says, someone told me no, and I decided to go do it anyway, and I was successful. Great. So the next time someone tells you no, you have some tools and resources that you can pick and choose from to say, this is how I made this other situation successful. Now this is how I can make this situation successful. 
So the people who tell you a flat out no, those ones are obvious. They have given you a no. And here's the thing about them. Even though we're really angry and bitter in the moment, and a lot of us have good justification for being so because it seems like we've done everything right, we put in our due diligence, we honed our leadership skills, they gave it to someone else. That doesn't seem fair. We have to recognize that they're probably not out to get you per se. They're actually looking at the company and while they may have chosen what we perceive the wrong choice, they are probably thinking, oh, this other person may be the better choice for this role. And they probably, hopefully, have the hospital or the company in mind when choosing that, that individual. Now, again, a lot of times it could be biased or based on their best friend or whatever else it is. And those just suck. But for the most part, most leaders in a leadership role, when some when they have to decline someone, there's usually a reason. So for us, when we hear the no, I want you to have a little bit of self-reflection and just say, okay, I wasn't meant to have that role. Again, how am I going to pivot? But what about the people who aren't so glaringly obvious? I mean, the people saying no, they've thrown roadblocks right down. They put the cones up. You had to slam on the brakes. You need to figure out, is there another road that I can go down? Because it is not happening here, okay? But then there's a lot of subtle roadblock people. And these are the people that really hurt us. In fact, I would argue, though there's no data because I actually did try to find some, subtle roadblocks occur more frequently than the obvious ones. The subtle roadblocks look like this. You have a brand new vet assistant or vet tech in and they say, can I place this IV catheter? And you say, no, we really want you to see a couple more before you do one. Okay, is it because you don't trust them? Or is it because you think you can do it better than them? Or is do you really have a good reason? Is it the hospital's policy? Because a lot of times when people are told no on skill and knowledge, there's not an actual policy in place. Now, maybe there is. We, you know, maybe it's through your hospital policy that no one places a catheter within the first month of employment. As such, then for veterinarians, veterinarians should be not doing any surgeries within the first month of of employment, right? That seems very fair. So as long as it's a fair policy where both doctors and technicians, when they are newly hired, can't perform a large majority of their skills, great. But if you're holding back on someone, even though they say they have the skill and knowledge and you're being a roadblock to their success, super uncool. And we see this all the time in hospitals. I call it hazing, bullying, whatever else you wanna call it. To me, it's a roadblock. It's a barrier that this person can't be successful. And the minute someone is told no, they shut down. They're less likely to ask again. And so we have to make sure, do we have clear policies and procedures in place for new hires? And again, especially for credentialed vet techs who are graduating from school, please don't roadblock them. They come in and I'm so tired. I'm gonna go on a little rant, people. So here comes the little rant. I'm so tired of veterinarians and practice managers and people in leadership role telling brand new vet techs no, because you're new here, we have to see what you're able to do. Okay, I'm sorry. They graduated from an accredited AVMA college. Let me be very clear. Veterinarians graduate from an accredited AVMA college. They have to pass a board exam, both of them, okay, in order to get the credentials. So they both have credentials. And again, if you're gonna tell your veterinarian, no, you can't perform any medical skills for the first month, cool, that's amazing. I hope that you treat them the same as you do your technicians. But sadly, I have so many brand new vet techs that reach out to me who are being told they can't do dentals, 
They can't place IV catheters. They can't draw up medications. They can't monitor anesthesia until they've been there for a couple months and they prove themselves. That's effing ridiculous. That's completely insane. And it's harmful. It's harming not only that person, it's a giant roadblock to their success. But then when they leave your hospital, you're like, oh, I wonder why. I have no idea. Am I the baddie who drove them out? Yeah, that is absolutely what happened. Okay. I know I went on a side tangent, but honestly, that's a huge roadblock to so many in veterinary medicine. So hoarding your skills and hoarding your knowledge is super uncool. Give it away. What are you afraid of? Making someone else successful? No one's going to take your job. This profession is so short staffed. There's a million jobs to go around. I think that that's probably one of the things that people do and they don't even realize that they're doing it because when you when you search on the internet for roadblocks or people who are roadblocking you, a lot of times it says that they are afraid of your success. And I'm not sure that they are actually aware of what they are doing. I'm not sure they're like, oh gosh, I'm afraid Amy's gonna be successful. Like I don't think that's where most people's minds go. But I think a lot of times they are cynical and they say, well, no one ever helped me, so I'm not gonna help this person. If you are that person in your hospital where you're hoarding your knowledge and you're hoarding your training, well, then you are a roadblock, you're a barrier. And I see it not just with vet techs, I see it with client service reps. You know, I was just thrown into this desk position and no one helped me, so you just pick up the phone and start answering it. Super uncool. I see this with doctors. You have a brand new doctor that comes and the more senior veterinarians, you know, don't share the knowledge. They don't help. They don't ask, you know, questions for the for the new hire. And that new hire is just kind of left fending on their own. That doesn't feel good. And so roadblocking people's success by hoarding your own knowledge and skills is super uncool and it's super toxic. It's a very bad trait to have. So that's one in veterinary medicine that I really struggle with because I hear it all the time and I hear it, it's not my job to train. I hear it from doctors, I hear it from technicians, I hear it from assistants, and I hear it from client service reps. It's not my job to train. You should be giving away all of your information inside your head. There, again, are so many jobs to go around. I don't know why we're afraid of making other people successful. You should want to see their success. One of the greatest feelings that I get is when I'm able to give somebody a tiny bit of knowledge or I'm working a floor shift and I'm able to help someone in just a little bit. And they look at me like I have just saved planet Earth. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for telling me that. Or, oh, that's really cool. Or thanks for that tip or trick. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. But for them, it actually empowers them to do the same for others but now I've helped make them successful. And it's great because I have literally hired on brand new vet assistants who knew nothing about veterinary medicine. In my very first general practice, I like to tell the story about how the owner would frequently find me animal lovers. Um, one happened to be a waiter at a restaurant that they ate at frequently. One was a bank teller, someone worked in an auto mechanic, um, and they would bring these people to me and say, hey Amy, what do you think? Let's hire them on. And in that moment, I could have looked at it one or two ways. I went to school, I paid for my education, and now you are expecting me to just give it all away. I have got to tell you that one of those individuals works for a very large veterinary company. She not only didn't have a veterinary degree, but she got uh, her degree as a veterinary technician. 
She went on to go ahead and get a master's degree, and now she's a bigwig making bank. It's so good for her. Um, so I'm very proud of that. And I could have completely derailed her entire success of life if I was mean to her, if I said no, if I said you're never going to do. But instead, pretty much on day two, I was teaching her how to place catheters. We were discussing how to monitor anesthesia. We were diving into the anesthesia planes and exactly which plane of anesthesia the pet should be on. We were diving into drugs and um, pharmacology and all of those things. And I gave away all my knowledge. And I look at it now and think, she might have had a completely different career path if I roadblocked her. So it is important for all of us not to get in the way of someone else's success. Now, the other things that we do are very harmful and it's called bullying online. And unfortunately, when we do this, it can go ahead and derail people's entire careers. I know that it's a hot button topic in veterinary medicine. If you are not a credentialed veterinary technician, if you are a veterinary assistant and you call yourself a veterinary technician, it can be a pretty hot button topic for those who are credentialed veterinary technicians. And listen, I'm not going to go down this path on this podcast because I've talked about it and I'll probably talk about it again in the future. But there does need to be two distinct career paths, veterinary assistants and veterinary technicians. And they need to have two very clear titles and we can't be all lumped in to one big group because when we're lumped in together, unfortunately, we all get paid the low, low price of not being able to afford to live. And that's where we are in this profession. So that's the only thing I'll say about that. However, I see plenty of veterinary technicians, credentialed veterinary technicians who are trying to roadblock the success of veterinary assistants simply because veterinary assistants are using the title of veterinary technicians. I know people who have published works who are veterinary assistants using again the title of veterinary technician and I have seen you know hateful posts and emails like don't read this article or don't go to this person's lecture because they call themselves a vet tech and they're misrepresenting and you know they're posting on social media and they're calling other people out about these atrocities and listen, I get it. On one end, as a credential veterinary technician, I would like people to respect the fact that I have gone and taken, taken a national board exam. And from there, I went on and took a board exam to become a veterinary technician specialist. That earned me the title of being able to call myself a CVT and a VTS with an emergency critical care as my VTS. When someone just graduates from high school and they start calling themselves a vet tech, it doesn't sit well with me. I'll be the first one to say that. But what I'm not going to ever do is derail someone's success by calling them out on social media and lambasting them all over the internet and trying to push them out of this career. That's not my job. You know whose job that is? State laws and legislation and their employer. It's not my job to take up a cause against one particular individual because that one individual, it's actually the fault of the system. We unfortunately, many people who live in states, you know, such as myself in Massachusetts, anyone can call themselves a vet tech. There is no roadblock for anyone to just call themselves a vet tech. You can go ahead and be a groomer and call yourself a vet tech. You can graduate from high school and call yourself a vet tech. In fact, in high school, if you wanna call yourself a vet tech, and just go start working on animals, you can. There is no roadblock to that. And so respectfully, it's not that person's fault. 
even if it has been explained to them as to why they should stop calling themselves a vet tech, listen, it's not their fault. It's the system that is broken. But when we attack each other on social media, when we put down vet assistants, or when we put down others for maybe lecturing that don't have a VTS, because I've seen that, oh, they're only a vet tech. They shouldn't be lecturing because they don't have a VTS. You know, I've seen that on social media. When we do that, we actually become a giant roadblock. And who are we to take away the success of someone else? If they wanna call themselves a vet tech and they wanna go ahead and lecture and publish or create a website or do whatever, and they wanna represent themselves as a vet tech, fine. Why do I say that? Because the state law allows them to. Who am I gonna go after? Well, I could go after that person and try to ruin their career, try to ruin their livelihood, try to take things away from them, or I could go after the state, the laws and the legislation that unfortunately have caused this issue to happen. I could go after the employer and say, look, it's really important that you separate out veterinary assistants and veterinary technicians. But until that happens, I'm not gonna attack the person or persons who are calling themselves veterinary technicians even though they are not. What I know is right now in veterinary medicine, we need everyone. And when we start ostracizing veterinary assistants away from veterinary technicians, and we start yelling at people for title usage that again, there are no rules or regulations or laws about, then we're just gonna ostracize them more, they're gonna end up leaving the profession. And there are some really, really amazingly talented veterinary assistants in this industry. I wanna keep all everyone in this industry. And I'm not gonna be the reason why someone's not successful. I'm not gonna go on social media and start bashing them. I'm not gonna tell people not to go to their company. I'm not gonna do that th because here's the reality. It's just us trying to be spiteful against one person's success. And if they can be successful, even if they don't have a veterinary technician degree, I want them to be successful and I don't wanna take away from that. And if they're not willing to change their title, well, then we have to focus on the laws and legislation that will do it for them. And until that time comes, I'm certainly not gonna be the one bashing them all over social media. When we blatantly post about another person and tell others to not support them. That is bullying in the largest form. It's the same as if someone says no to you for a job position or a career change. Unfortunately, it's that large of a roadblock when we start telling people in mass on social media, don't believe this human being or whatever it is because of X, Y, and Z. And so those roadblocks exist now and they didn't used to because we didn't used to have social media. It used to be we just had to deal with people inside our workplaces and that was it. But now we have to deal with them outside of our workplaces and on this wonderful thing called social media. So now that we have dove into why and how roadblocks occur between us being the roadblock to ourselves, between an employer roadblocking our success, or whether or not others in our own hospital or even outside of our hospitals are roadblocking our success, what can we do about it? Because that gets really difficult. It really truly depends on the actual cause. If it's just us roadblocking ourselves, and I say just in bunny quotations because it sounds so easy to just say, get out of your own headspace and go do what you want and stop saying no to yourself, 
it's a lot harder when you're in that moment. You get very defeated, you get depressed, your anxiety goes through the roof and you think, I can't do this, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna fail miserably. I encourage you to find an outlet to find your best friend inside of your head. For me, if you have heard anything on my other podcasts or now I'm on TikTok, I don't know what I'm doing. Today I posted a video of me walking in the woods and looking upon these two bent trees. And I guess that kind of coincides with this podcast that I was deciding to do today, which is these two trees were completely bent over. But I know these two trees, and that sounds really bizarre, but if you like to walk in the woods like I do, you know trees. These two trees have been bent over for years. Every spring, they grow the most beautiful leaves, just like any other tree. And every time I see them, I just walk by them. But this year, I stopped. And so my TikTok today was me reflecting on these bent over trees. And I was looking at the trees and I thought, me too, tree, me too. And the reason why I said that was because you don't always have to stand up straight and tall. You're allowed to be bent over at times and you're still gonna grow and you're still gonna do your thing. You just happen to be bent over and maybe one day you stand completely straight up. And so for me, it was very reflective today. It's probably the dumbest TikTok ever posted on TikTok, but I don't care. Um, so I posted it there because I don't really think I know what to do with TikTok. So I'm just making these ridiculous videos. But anyway, um, going back to the podcast. For me, however you need to get out of that headspace that you're in, find it. And for me, it was looking at these two trees and just staring at them and going, no, I get it. No, I get the fact that you're bent over, but you're still growing. And that just made me feel a lot better for a lot of stress that I'm going through right now. So find your best friend inside your head, talk yourself off that ledge, and only you can do that. If you need an app for that, if you need to talk to professional individuals for that, whatever it is, get out of your own headspace and stop being your own roadblock. And there's a million ways of doing that, but it is about taking care of yourself, being kind to yourself, giving permission for failure and learning to grow. And it sounds so easy, but damn, it is not easy. It's not easy, people. I don't have all the answers. Um, other than I tell people to walk in the woods and some people are like, I hate the woods, Amy. Um, so don't do that if it stresses you out. Uh, but whatever it is, find yours to help you be successful. And then what do we do if it's now that that career new path that we have failed? Like I said, say getting a no from one person, it's just a no from one person. The veterinary industry is huge. You will find a yes from somebody who's going to give that you that opportunity. And listen, if you've been terminated from a job, you may think in the moment, this is it. I can't even believe they fired me. I'm not gonna be able to find anything. And especially if you happen to be in a, in a larger role, like a regional role or a national level role or like a medical director role or a practice manager role, you may think this is it. I got fired or they let me go or the company went under, whatever it is, I'm never going to be successful. And I'm here to tell you that I hate, I hate the saying. I'm going to say it though. I'm gonna, I hate the saying things happen for a reason. Like I don't like that saying because in the moment it doesn't feel very good. Every so often things, I don't think they happen for a reason, but the reason that they happen allow you to be successful in a different way. And so that's what I have to say about it because I really do hate that saying. Anytime I ever, anybody ever says, oh, well, things happen for a reason, I go, no, they don't. Sometimes they just suck. Sometimes it's just shit and it's bad and that thing didn't happen for any particular reason other than it just being shitty. And that's the truth of life. Um, that's the realist and probably the cynic in me as well. The reality is, is though, it allows you to be successful in a different way. 
And so even though that thing happened, you can find success. And I promise you, you can find success in a different career path, in a different practice. And then what do you do if, unfortunately, you are getting roadblocked through the lovely thing called social media? That's really hard, people. One, um, try to tune it out. Talk to your best friend inside of your head. Go literally go see your best friend. Get off social media. I know colleagues of mine and they are huge speakers in the veterinary industry. They do not have social media accounts. I actually think, how do you live? And then I think to myself, wait, you probably live way more peacefully than I do. Um, so get out of it. Just completely get off of a group or get off that social media. Um, and then try to ignore it. If you're noticing that a particular group is very cynical or toxic, just break up with them. It's okay to break up with people via social media. That's totally fine. But this can be a really hard one. And honestly, I almost feel like it can be more damaging than a employer telling you no for a job that you wanted. And here's why. When we attack someone on social media, we literally just attack someone else and we start reposting and telling others on social media, it spreads like wildfire. It's not just your boss telling you no, because your teammates will know that you were declined and you know, and if you told family and friends, they know. But that's where it stays. Anytime you bash someone and call people out by name on social media, it doesn't just stay there. It gets to their employers, it gets to their friends and family, it gets to their social network, it goes all over social media, and that is probably one of the most damaging things. That's definitely one of the biggest things I hate about social media. There's definitely some really good things. I mean, we can connect with people in ways that we normally wouldn't. It's obviously a great way to entertain ourselves. There's a lot of funny shit online. Um, and I would not stay as connected to my friends in other countries if I didn't have social media. But when we directly call out, if someone says, Amy Newfield sucks and here's why, and you know, don't go to listen to her at a conference, that's way more damaging than my boss telling me no. It's way more damaging than even someone in my own hospital saying, no, you can't do that. This is actually can spread like wildfire and just ruin people. So again, I hate, I would never just bash another person online. It's just so mean. If you have a beef with somebody, just directly contact them and have a conversation, like a human being conversation, which we often forget about. Anyway, that's, that is definitely a hard one. The being roadblocked on social media is very difficult. And how do you overcome it? I'm not quite sure um, because that one probably is, is the worst offense of all. What I know is you have to talk to the person inside your head who is your best friend, tune it out to the best of your ability and know your truth. Know your truth. You are none of those things and you are doing amazing things. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast, Shit You Shouldn't Have to Put Up With, People Roadblocking Your Success. I haven't done one in a while and I just felt it was necessary because I've seen a lot of hating on social media. I've heard a lot of people really upset about not getting roles that they wanted to get that they feel like now they can't move forward from. And I also see a lot of roadblocks in hospitals. That's just super uncool. So don't roadblock other people's success and don't roadblock your success. If we can all just be a little bit nicer and supportive of each other, this profession and life in general would be a lot easier. Thank you for all that you do. Keep on being a unicorn and please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.